Welcome to South End Supporters, the St. Louis City SC podcast. David Heck alongside Eric Cole. And today's episode is all about breaking down the League's Cup as City is scheduled to play its two group stage matches next week, starting with a trip to Ohio to take on Columbus on Sunday, July 23rd, and then back home at City Park on Thursday, July 27th against Mexican League side Club America. Eric, another midweek episode, but plenty to cover for this one. Yeah, we got a lot to cover this week, uh, not just covering with uh, City and everything like that, but in the soccer world in general. So much to come. We'll talk about the MLS skills competition that took place on uh Wednesday, sorry, Tuesday night, and then the uh, the actual MLS All-Star game that took place on Wednesday night. Uh, a couple of city representatives. You had Roman Berkey starting in goal, and then Tim Parker came on a little bit later on. Not uh, great performances, but uh, <laughs> but to say the least, they were they were in the, the All-Star game, which was exciting. Um, we'll spend some time breaking down a couple of things just around the league as well, just some news here recently that we've seen, a, a lot of it involving Messi and some potential changes uh, that we'll talk about here, uh, and then also the U.S. women's national team, and of course spent a lot of time, as I mentioned, breaking down the uh, League's Cup, which is set to start uh, in its inaugural season with all of the teams, both from the Mexican League and the MLS here on July 21st, City will play its first game on July 23rd against Columbus. Yep, away. So, going to be a tough match. They're obviously a tough opponent in a tough East. But, um, you know, hey, City's got the hot hand right now, so hopefully they can carry that over into this League's Cup run. So the MLS skills competition uh, got going on Tuesday night. Berkey was in a couple of events. He was in a crossbar challenge and then also the cross and volley event, which I found to be pretty, like, fun to watch. Um, I, I almost equated it a little bit to, like, the slam dunk competition in the NBA because you could see some guys do some pretty uh, unique uh, flashy type of skills to try and score goals um, with, like, scissor kicks or bicycle kicks, something along those lines. Berkey competed, obviously, for the MLS against Arsenal in this, and his job was to keep goals out of the net, and he did as good a job as you could do. Now, granted, the Arsenal uh, striker, whoever the – I'm not sure exactly who it was. Yeah. Okay, there you go, uh, who scored a goal in the, the All-Star game, um, did not actually get a lot on net against yeah. Berkey, but he had the only – the first and only shutout, the first and only clean sheet in cross and volley history in the skills competition. And this is a competition in which folks have scored a lot of points. I think 85 was the record at one point. Yeah. Uh, and Berkey allowed a goose egg. So yeah. kudos to him on that. Yeah, Havertz may have not gotten a lot on target, but you know Berkey did make a save. But I think it just comes down to the whole St. Louis chant we got. I think he was in his head. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think when you're looking and uh, they even brought it up kind of like, in one of the interviews, they were talking about it, how all the other players were kind of, you know, laughing and joking and all this. And then they kind of interview Berkey and he's just stone cold business as usual. And he did come up with, you know, one or two good saves in there. So it was, as always, just cool to see the representation for City. But then to also make a little history as we keep doing here in City is just icing on the cake. One of the the comments that I wanted to make about the the announced team leading into it. Did you hear what was said like right before Berkey took goal? Was this about the the St. Louis wouldn't be yeah. where they're at? I think it was. So him? I think it was Twelman. I think uh, I could be wrong on that. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it was Twelman that said that he was the MVP of the league at this point. Yeah. Um, but the other announcer, and I can't recall her name. I can't either. But, but she had yeah. mentioned that he's the only reason why St. Louis yeah. City is in first place in the West. Now listen, we love Berkey. He's yeah. a big reason why. For a sure. big reason why 
City is in first place in the West, but you don't get to number one goal differential and more, most goals in the entire conference right uh with roman berkey right i mean people are scoring goals as well yeah i mean while i do put berkey up there for you know our possible you know let's say mid-season or league cup break mvp i put you could put him up there with you know leuven or parker i mean the reason that we have been so successful is just the all-around team effort so to come around and just say the only reason that was a pretty bold statement and even the other uh commentators in the booth kind of you heard like this huh like (laughs) easy i mean again not taking anything away from berkey or the season he's having but yeah that's a bold statement there to put out i thought it was a wild one for sure and one that uh, got the media uh, you know speaking as well you know a lot of people straight away i saw on the socials came out and were uh up in arms too just like yeah i guess we Berkey scored all the 43 goals that we've got this year we were on our way back from from my daughter's softball practice and she had it on my phone watching it and we had the audio going through the the car and both of us like looked at each other whenever she said that and and my daughter who like i mean you know she doesn't play soccer she doesn't know a lot about soccer but she i mean she follows it enough and watches the games and she's like what yeah and she loves roman berkey as yeah. as, as most as most ladies out there do but <laughs> um yeah again just kind of a strange thing to say whenever you think about all of the talent and again just the team uh, that that city's put out there and kind of the system and everything and and how they've been able to score so many goals uh, Berkey does a lot of things but last I checked he hasn't scored one yet or if that was the case I mean you'd look at a lot of these you know teams that we touched on earlier where they got these high profile designated players making this huge money and there's some of the teams at the bottom of their conference so I mean if you're gonna try and say that one player makes that big a difference you should probably look at like Toronto or LA Galaxy when they had Chicharito Hernandez or Chicago with Shakiri, some of the highest contracts and best talent that we have in the league I mean they're sitting at the bottom so that's again a wild thing to say when you got 11 and you know I think she played the sport so even more wild <laughs> to be like yeah one person is the only reason that this team is uh, top of the conference well here's the deal like you and I both are also talking on a podcast, granted, not on, on Apple TV. Uh, but we say silly things, too, so maybe it was a mistake and she regrets saying it. Of course, it was live and she couldn't go back. So we can give her the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I'll uh, give her How I, about that? I didn't lose sleep over it. <laughs> uh, he also competed in the crossbar challenge. Um, you said that was probably from about, what, 40 yards out, yeah, I guess, or so? Just before half, I'd say. Yeah. I uh, We talked a little bit about it on, on our social, but... Um, uh, getting me out on a field to try yeah. and hit the crossbar from the top of the 18. This has turned into a little bit of a debate. Now, granted, I didn't play soccer. Well, I shouldn't say that. I played a little soccer yeah. when I was six. Yeah. And then I also played, you may not know this, Eric, but I played a couple of seasons uh, in a men's indoor league. As I did well. not know this. I did. Uh, and I was I was okay. I scored a couple of goals yeah. in, in my two seasons there. Um, but uh, out of soccer for fun in Granite City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an ice skating rink on that place. <laughs> right. Um, especially when you're about six beers and <laughs> when you're out there running around in the field. Yeah. I uh, I think I can do this. And so the, the the idea was is that I think Brittany, who sits behind us in, in row three in section yeah. 149, initially said, I'd like to see David try to, to, to kick hit the crossbar from the top of the 18. And I said, dude, I could definitely hit the crossbar from the top of the 18. And then a couple of other people got involved in it. Brad, who I also know very well, kind of commented on that. He's like, I want to bet on this. And um, my wife, who played soccer in college, 
Uh, it was a goalie, and she's like, there's no way in hell you could hit the crossbar from the top of the box. I said within five chances I could do it. That's what got me was your your number that you put on yourself that yeah. you think I think, you could I, do. I think I could do it and in you three. You put it at five. I think I could do it in three, but I'll, three. Give it, I'll give it five. Oh, this is happening now. This has to happen now. I think I, think I can do it. I, can, I think I could do it in three. I certainly i am confident I could do it in five. It's, it can't be that like I think I could do it accidentally in five. So, so after watching the skills competition and seeing you know the distances, do you think you could hit the crossbar from the top of the eighteen before I could hit it from thirty five, forty yards out? From forty, yes. Do you? Yes, from forty, yes. How many guys hit it from forty? Like within well, their first few. The one, but I mean, <laughs> when I asked you how do you kick the ball, you were like, I don't know. Well, so we're gonna I mean, we're gonna find out. We are thing. gonna find. We're gonna out. find. And I'll go out. Listen, I'll do it cold. I'll just do. I think what we need to do is get our buddies, the city refs, to come out with their camera, and yeah. we need to do a whole segment on this thing. Yeah, and we'll have them out I mean, in full uniform. Be, they can judge it. It has you know to be official. I would think so, right? So right. maybe that's something we'll we'll pose to them. But um, yeah, from the you don't think I could do it within within five is what you're saying? Not within five. No. You think I could do it within ten? I get asked all the time where the best place is to watch City games, and the answer is always the same. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, and it's not even close. Not only can you watch every single home-and-away City game surrounded by fans, but you can do it while enjoying the best pizza in the area. Now, I like the Murphy Pie, which is chicken, wing sauce, green onions, blue cheese, and jalapeno ranch. But maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you're more of a fan of a traditional pizza. Then check out the Dogtown with Italian sausage, pepperoni, and pepper bacon. Or maybe you're like my partner Eric over here and you like a little bit of both. It doesn't matter what your tastes are because you can order any of the pizzas at Felix's by the slice. But it is no ordinary slice. Felix's offers the largest slice you are going to find anywhere in St. Louis. So mix and match. Try different pizzas. Just make sure to save room for their award-winning Double Trashed Wings in Buffalo, Jalapeno Ranch, or Thai Chili. And if you're looking for something to do during the week, head to Felix's every Tuesday night for stoned trivia to test your knowledge in the most fun bar trivia around. Even if you're not a trivia buff, you can still win great prizes, so show up at 7 and be ready to have some fun. It's Felix's Pizza Pub, located at 6401 Clayton Avenue in Dogtown, and check them out online at Felix's Dogtown. So this is this is where it's tough because I you do I do think when you hit it it will be lucky. Okay. I think I mean, I'm I think you're to do it. I think you're gonna your first couple will be squibblers, and then I think you don't you'll even be like, think I can get it in the air. No, I think you'll 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 I think your first one will be like way over because you'll think you'll need to hit harder. Then you'll try and you'll miss hit a couple, which will just not go great, and then. I think you'll try and again pick up the pace and hit with a little more strength and send a quitter over. So that's where I think I I think there has to be like a every five, like you almost need to like take a, a drink or something like that. And really I think you'll I think you're one of those people with like with darts where some people are like, I get better as I'm drinking. I think I think you'd settle in and get better like after every five misses you take a drink well we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to make it happen i think i might be able to do it on the first time I, i'll be honest with you i just don't think it's going to be that difficult so i think five for sure if and you do it first time 
would just be amazing. <laughs> it would be we might amazing. have to come up with some sort of bet yes. uh, on, on that. Well, that's that's. I mean, I would like to try it again. We'll we'll get some guys to to take some video of it and, and put it out there on on the socials. I think it would be uh would be a fun thing to to try anyway. Go to your go to our socials now and start placing your bets. Let's see what uh other people are thinking if they have confidence <laughs> well, in you or let them know about uh, the socials yeah go to go we'll put a poll up on both our instagram and our facebook page how many well we'll say do you think david can hit the crossbar in five shots we'll give you five shots since you called it out yeah, sure and then it's in the fair in the comments if you don't think so how many shots you think it'll be so on our uh, instagram we're south end supporters and then our facebook page uh south end supporters podcast uh we'll put a poll up so make sure you're looking out for that as far as uh uh david's uh uh skills we got going his own skills, My own competition. skills competition yes i'm not gonna let you volley it at me though that's that's oh, not man. gonna happen i hope that's where we're going with this the uh the all-star game happened the day after the skills competition and uh, the mls all-stars took on arsenal was not a lot to write home about five nothing arsenal win um the format itself not not really i mean i guess it just doesn't really do it for me i think like if you were a massive fan of a specific uh, EPL team that was coming over here, but granted, it's not always even EPL teams. Last year it was like Mexican League All Stars, right? Um, but at this point, with 29 teams, 30 coming on the way over the next couple of seasons, um, why don't you just split it up against East and West? I mean, to me, it just seems to make way more sense. Way more All Stars. It's really hard to make this All Star team. Yeah, when you think about just putting out one team, you know, to play one one team against you know an EPL squad or whatever. Mm. But having an East versus a West, a true East versus a West, just like you have in other sports in in the United States, I think makes a lot of sense at this point. Yeah, I think I think the whole reason or MLS's logic to bringing in you know teams from either Europe or you know I think South America last year and stuff like that is for exposure to the league. And so while I do understand that, we just signed the biggest name in the world possibly right now, which it'd be hard to imagine him not being an all-star next year. So I think if ever there's a year to maybe switch up the format, it would be next year, and you go to an East-West. Um, and I think with eyes on Messi, there'll be more than enough um, exposure to the league and the all-stars. Like you said, you get more all-stars out there. Um, and then kind of like even Rooney said, it, it's not really even a great showcase as far as for MLS talent because – he said that they're doing so much like media day and stuff like that, that they really only had one training session and the MLS actually like requested them do it on this one certain field that he was like, really all we could do was like head tennis and like get a few touches in. So you're not even really getting to gel with like the players. I mean, this is pretty much everybody's first and only time playing with each other. So, I mean, we've talked about it a couple of times that, that cohesion you need that chemistry that you need out there on the field and if your team's not really getting that it's while there is a lot of talent in the mls it's hard to kind of showcase that against the team who has been playing you know some of them for years together and they did i know it's early in their preseason training but i mean they've had a lot of time together so it just didn't really give off the best if you're trying to promote the league and everything like that plus i mean I think there were more Arsenal fans because even if you do get like a city fan, like for us, you know, Berkey was out there not very long. Same with Parker. So you're kind of, you're not even getting to watch your team be represented where I think as if you go East West, you know, maybe add a few more all-stars, but you know, really kind of play it as if, you know, it's a game. I think you, you build up the, the league a little bit more just within the country. And then, like I said, with, 
the superstars that we have coming over and joining the league now, which you'd have to imagine they would be all-stars next year, you're going to get that exposure on a global level. Yeah, and, and just having all MLS fans in there, right? Like, there were certainly more Arsenal fans than fans of any one team. Yeah. Maybe even probably D.C., you yeah. know, which it was in D.C., so you would think there would probably be more D.C. fans than any other team. Um, but, I mean, certainly more Arsenal fans when you've got 29 teams essentially represented. I mean, not every team had an all-star, I, I don't believe, but uh, regardless, right, like a lot of Arsenal fans there, so... I just think that it could be done a lot better if you had an East versus West or even the way they've done things in the NBA, like where you're almost, you know, picking squads, but it's everybody from the NBA. You know, it's not guys, you're not playing a European league or European team at that point. Um, to your point, right? Like the, the game doesn't necessarily matter. I do feel like the teams wanted to go out and win. And while watching it, I felt like it was more competitive, although 5 nothing isn't necessarily indicative of like the true competition level of the game itself. I felt like the players cared more about it than most other all-star teams that I've seen, right? Like you mentioned Berkey kind of like being stone cold and just like, you know, ready to go out there and, and put on a good performance. I felt like that a lot from a lot of the guys. I felt like they all played really hard. I didn't feel like it was, um, you know, you're like if you ever watch like an NHL All Star game. I mean, the yeah. score is twelve to ten, yeah, you know, yeah, and right. the NBA is like one hundred and sixty to one hundred and fifty, right? It's yeah. just, it's all. I mean, the NFL is the same way. You know, there's certain rules like the line can't even do certain things uh, in in the NFL All Star game um, to protect the players and and all of that. So nobody's real, and they're not even taking always the best players because a lot of times that's happening around the Super Bowl time. So like Super Bowl players may not be on that that all that Pro Bowl team anyway in the NFL. So I do feel like of all the leagues that I've watched All Star games of this felt like a more of like a real game, which was cool. And I mean I think that that is great. And and again, just um, a feather in the cap to what the leagues put together. It would just be better to me and it sounds like for you too and it seems like from what i saw a lot of people to be able to have you know it being like an interleague game where you've got east versus west and or even if you want to keep it fun or funny and you want to go the route of you know the the nhl and the nba and people you think people would like seeing higher scoring games rather than just your traditional game still have it be east west but do it seven v seven and yeah. shorten the field yeah, or you know be cool. something like that i love the skills challenge i think it's a cool way to kind of show off the beauty that the game can be like you said that cross and volley where you got to see some you know kind of um personality come out with some of the way they shoot or just the other seals i think they were cool so you still keep that in there but i mean i just think now the league's growing like we want to and there's so many teams now that i think at this point and like i said being next year i think it's a perfect time to make that switch uh, another switch that's been talked about coming up over the next year or potentially a couple of years with Messi joining the league and also uh, maybe the emergence of, of new talent and more talent, especially coming from overseas, mm -hmm. is moving to grass-only playing surfaces. Right yeah. now there's a handful of stadiums in the league that have turf fields, most of which are playing on current NFL fields. Mm -hmm. um, but... Regardless, the idea would be that soccer players, especially soccer players playing in Europe where they, I'm assuming, don't play on turf, yep. uh, don't want to come over here and do that, risking injury, and mm -hmm. it's just not what they're used to. Uh, obviously, Messi is, I don't know if he's bigger than the game itself, but I mean, this is a pretty wild proposition to think that you might potentially change up 
playing surfaces for essentially one guy, but it might be more than one guy because you could be thinking about, hey, look, we got Messi now. It's Messi now. Maybe it's Mbappe next year, and maybe it's whoever the year after, right? Like, we're trying to bring in really good talent to this league. How do we do that? Maybe the playing surface, uh, a change there, it could be in order. What are your thoughts on on switching that up? I think there's about five or six stadiums right now that, that have it. Yeah, there's six uh, currently. I do think if, if, you know, their reasoning behind it more is like we've seen rumored is messy, then I think you got to change the M and MLS to messy league <laughs> soccer at that point. But as somebody who's played soccer and I, I hate turf, and I think most soccer players, as you get older, especially hate turf. I understand the upkeep and everything like that. And some of these climates, it's just easier to do, but the ball plays completely different. The risk of injury goes up dramatically in my opinion, but and it just doesn't look good. Like those games that we've seen this year, like, you know, Portland or, you know, Seattle, where you just see the, the black beads bouncing up off the ground and it just the ball bounces rather than skips or glides across the surface. Uh, I just I don't think it looks great either and it doesn't play as well. I mean, I'd love to see it. The, the, the rumor is, is that the league would be covering that cost for those teams. So when they, you know, bring this to them, you know, and they're like, well, how is this going to get paid? Apparently the league is proposing they would pay for it. Now, with that being said, like you said, I think like three of those teams of the six are in football stadiums. So then and, and, and Atlanta, and I'm not sure if Atlanta is a retractable roof or not. It probably is. That's a but, great But point. it definitely is a, a domed stadium. Yeah, you're right. So uh, the rest of them, I think, are outdoors. I'm, I'm like, like Charlotte is, I think. Seattle for sure is. New England for sure is. Portland's a soccer stadium for sure is. Um, but I th- I'm not entirely sure if Atlanta's re- roof retracts or not. I have to look that up. But uh, that seems like very odd to just put a, sh- a sheet of grass down. Yeah, you know? I don't even know how that would work. I it know seems like a very expensive proposition for the league. Very. I know over in England they're starting to, like Tottenham's new stadium and a few others, they're kind of doing that retractable turf to where, like, they can host NFL games and stuff like that. So when it comes over, but you know, it's a completely different story as far as then having turf or grass over top of turf. So I don't know how it would work. Uh, while I love the proposition just for, uh, somebody who's played soccer and visually seeing it, I think it looks so much better, a grass field and everything like that. Um, I don't know how that would work with the league. I, it, it, I, I just, Especially if they're trying to get it done by you know next year, or right? Anything. I'm I'm not a, a botanist, or <laughs> I don't have a green thumb. I'm not even sure if, if that's the study of grass. I know botany is the study of plants. I think, but you had me cool, yeah. Seems like it. Well, the other people are going to be listening. This guy's like an idiot, right? <laughs> so, um, but it seems like you would need dirt I, to put grass on. I believe like, turf probably lays on concrete or yeah, whatever right. surface, right? But uh, but grass, I wouldn't think would lay on 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 concrete i don't know it just seems whole. i don't know seems to be really really it's just a strange proposition and again a, a really expensive one for the league um it's an interesting you know point because again i don't view it as just trying to get messy happy no i think yeah. it looks like that but like i said i mean if you're trying to get more and more talent years down the road and continue to grow the league then maybe it's just a necessary step in that direction to get more and more talent um, from from European leagues. I mean, at the end of the day, that seems to be always the direction this this league has gone, you know, going back to the Beckham signing years and years ago. 
uh, people want those big European names. Um, obviously, Messi is Argentinian, but like you know, guys that have played in Europe, and yeah. those are the best leagues in the world. So, if you want to get that talent in, and this is something that could potentially help with that, I suppose I'm all for it. But uh, it does. I'm curious how logistically it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, I think the MLS is the only league in the world that has turf. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. Trying to, you know, bring in other, especially if you're one of those teams that uh, has turf. It, it's probably got to be a tough selling point thinking that, you know, half the te- games you're going to be playing are going to be on turf and that type of stuff. But yeah, logistically it seems like a, a tall ask, but it is one that I guess is being discussed amongst, you know, who knows what else with this uh, messy effect happening. It's happening. It's happening fast. Messi's going to make his debut coming up in uh, league's cup action here. Uh, I'm not sure when their first game Friday. is Friday night. Okay. Um, so that'll be on the 21st, so it'll open up League's Cup play. League's Cup, uh, I'm pretty excited about this tournament. I'm not excited about all of, of the tournaments that are going on during the season. They can be hard to keep track of. I did like the idea of the Open Cup just because of all the history. There's not a lot of history with the League's Cup. This is actually the inaugural season of having all the teams from MLS and, and Mexico uh, in this tournament, um, whereas the League's Cup had been going on for you know a century plus at this point. But uh, what we're seeing with uh, the League's Cup, it's been around since 2019. The first year, it only had four teams in it, and now it's grown to what it is now, essentially a World Cup-style competition between the MLS and the Mexican League team. So every single team from both leagues will be in this, and it'll start in a three-team group stage. And from there, the winner of that and then also the second-place team from that group will go into a round of 32 uh, so it's 77 matches totally played from July 21st to August 19th. That's a lot of soccer. That group stage will run through July 31st in that round-robin format, as we mentioned, and then moving into that knockout stage, which will be single elimination beginning on August 2nd. And it's important to note as well, LAFC and Pachuca, I think I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. will receive buys into that round of 32 as the champions from the leagues the previous season. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a cool tournament just as far as format, um, kind of a World Cup style, kind of like what they compare it to where you have a group, top two come out of the group to where, um, you know, really if you can just get some sort of results in each game, you're probably going to be guaranteed to go through. So um, also interesting – the interesting thing I think about it is there's there's no ties that you know if you uh gonna go straight to penalties yeah well but also what's interesting is if you get a tie each team gets a point as far as in the group stages and stuff like that and then the winner of the suit the shootout would get an additional point so also interesting thinking that you know you could tie or go into extra time lose but still gain a point and it's similar to hockey right correct so um Another, you know, interesting thing, and then obviously if you win in regulation, you get full three points for that group stage. But it's it's cool as far as blending the two leagues and stuff like that. Again, just more exposure for the MLS and the talent that we have. And it's cool also that, you know, they did make that switch to this season so City can uh, participate in it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a fun tournament for sure. Uh, a lot of soccer during this break. I mean, the break for the MLS goes from July 15th, um, coinciding with the All-Star break, all the way to August 20th. So with all of this time off, it'll be nice to at least have some soccer to watch, and hopefully City can make a nice uh, run in it. It does seem like, with the exception of, you know, or, or I guess 
sort of different than what you've seen in other tournament formats that you might not see um, the 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 number one lineup out there for every game, but right. I would say that probably a very strong lineup for every game because there's a lot at stake for this. Yeah. Uh, and we'll we'll spend some time talking about what winners get, but um, just on the surface, obviously to to take the trophy and actually win the cup, but then getting a, an automatic invite into the round of sixteen. Uh, for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, for the for the actual uh, League's Cup winner, and then being able to, uh, as a second and third place team, secure qualification into round one mm-hmm. of the CONCACAF Champions Cup. So that's important as well, but there's also a nice little cash prize. Yeah, $2 million. And plus, uh, players all get bonuses on their contracts and stuff like that. And just to kind of put that in perspective, the Open Cup tournament that we just had, winners of the tournament got 300000 And we thought that was, you know, a pretty good prize. And then even the champions, the CONCAF Champions League winners, they they get five hundred thousand. So I mean, big money on the line. So I know you know you may see rotated squads and stuff like that throughout the tournament. But I mean, if you this is another tournament where if you kind of get out of that group stage and kind of make a run, it you start seeing kind of uh, those first team for sure lineups as you go on in the tournament. And there is an interesting addition to this uh, to the St. Louis City roster for the leagues. Hey, if you're a coffee lover like me, then you've got to try some of the best local coffee there is from Postal Coffee. Will over at Postal Coffee is super passionate about his roasting process, and it really shows in every bag. Every small batch is made to order from small visited sustainable farms, so you really get that great flavor and get that care in every order. Also, 20% of all profit goes to veteran suicide prevention. So not only are you getting a great tasting product, but you're supporting a great cause as well. And if you use the code SOUTHEND at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your entire first order. Nothing goes better to start your day than a new episode of Southend Supporters and a cup of Postal Coffee. So check them out on their Instagram at Postal Coffee Co. and check out their website at PostalCoffeeCo.com. Yeah, I mean, put on the Open Cup ro- or excuse me, League Cups roster. Klaus's name was on there. So um, you kind of have to declare your roster before entering the tournament. While Nielsen wasn't on there, which we were expecting he might make his comeback, but I believe if he wasn't on I, – I saw this, so don't quote me on this, but I think I saw that if he wasn't on the Open Cup roster, he wouldn't be eligible to be on the League Cup. But Nielsen wasn't on there, but Klaus is on there. And I know it got a lot of people talking. Now, again, we had that you know quote from Carnell on ESPN the other week where he's more still looking – as far as Klaus being potentially after um, the League's Cup, that Austin game, that first game back. But who knows? I mean, maybe City does make a run on it, and Klaus is coming to form, and, you know, it's just it's nice just to have that option on there. But while we can expect some rotation, it's also good here. I like this League's Cup kind of being at this point for us being a new team because we've it's kind of shown us that we do have depth within our squad. Whereas maybe earlier on in that uh, open cup, we were kind of like, Oh man, a lot of rotation and maybe we didn't feel as comfortable or confident with some of the players in there. Now we've shown that, I mean, we've ran, I don't know how many countless different versions of the starting 11 now that we have that depth in there. So while we may rotate it, it may still look at that starting lineup coming out and think, man, we got a solid squad here. I know already, you know, Leuven's already pretty much from what I heard come out and said, I'm playing. So, I mean, there's a good chance that, you know, Leuven's in there. I know there is even talks about 
at least the Columbus game, since Berkey was just at the All-Star game, maybe Lund gets the start, but apparently <laughs> Berkey's so competitive, he's already came out and said, I'm playing. So, I mean, I, to me, I would like to almost see, uh, with Columbus being our first opponent that we'll play on Sunday, I'd almost like to see a strong lineup put out for that. And then maybe a little bit more rotation for the Club America game. And that sounds weird saying, but the Mexico, the, the Liga MX just started their season. I think they're two or three games in. So maybe, you know, you can, while they're still trying to get up to form or get comfortable with playing with each other and all that on the season, that's where you throw a rotated squad in. Plus that game is going to be the one that's at home. Right. So, you know, you get the home fans behind you, you get a little rotation in there, get a little rest, but maybe put out a stronger lineup for this Columbus team get some points and then you just, you know, see how the rest of the group stage goes and then you get out of the group stage. But I'd like to see us put a strong showing in just to be on our first year and just to keep this momentum going that we have. So when we do come back to the league, we're still on high form. And the guys that you would have thought to be rotation players earlier on in the season are really the guys you kind of want out there starting now anyway, right? I know. Like a, lot a, of, a lot of really good young talent. So it is tournaments like this and, and cup games like this where you can experiment with things and you kind of find things to work. I mean, when did we first see AZL Jackson sort of break out? Right. right. U.S. Open Cup. You're and right. so could we potentially see something like that happen in the League's Cup, right? Like this is a great time to to understand and realize some additional talent that, you know, hasn't been on the field or perhaps maybe, um, I mean, it's, it's again, such a, a sport that seems to favor chemistry in that as well. Like maybe you find that there are a couple of guys that play really well together in, in the middle of the field, you know, or potentially on the back line as well, or maybe even up top. So you just never know what you're going to see, but I do tend to agree with you. I think that it makes sense to go with a little bit more rotation for that, that home game, and then really try and get out there and, and get a big win uh, to, to kick things off against Columbus, who, you know, quite frankly, outside of St. Louis's offense, is is probably the best offensive team in, in the whole league. Yeah, they got the most goals in the league right now with 45, and I think we have 43. So, I mean, they're they're a dangerous squad as far as putting goals in the net. They've got this front three with uh, Cuco Hernandez, Christian Ramirez, and Zellerayan. I mean, they're they're all putting in tons of goals right now. And then you got Matan kind of running the show in the middle of the field. I mean. They typically run, I know it puts it down as like a 3-4-2-1 or a 4-3-2-1, but it's it's kind of just a, a front three that they they attack you with full barrels and they come at you with speed, and all three of those players are very skilled on the ball and can finish well. So it's going to be a, a tough challenge. I mean, I know they're sixth in the East, but ESPN's had them you know, within the top five of their power rankings for quite a while now. They're, they're a strong team. So I would, again... I'd like to personally just see a, a pretty strong lineup put out for that game. And then maybe you can experiment with more rotation for the club America game at home. But again, we've had so much rotation this season, whether it's just, you know, new guys stepping in or filling in for injuries that who knows who's really a starter anymore. I mean, you look at that back four that we started the season with and went five and Oh, with there, you know, majority of the guys are, those guys are just trying to get back into the team, you know, Look at that team we ran out with, you know, LAFC. That's pretty close to our original starting four. Um, and then, you know, Alm's been out a while. Leuven's missed some games. Blom's missed a lot of games. And, you know, the rotation that we had in there. So we have, if anything, just going into this tournament later in the league, it's proven that we do have the depth available to us. 
And those guys, yet again, are going to be using this as an audition once the league picks up to say, hey, we had a good run in that League Cup, and we were in that, so I'm looking for a shout come Austin. How disappointing would it be if they wouldn't make it out of of group stage? And then how how uh, big would it be for them for them to make it out i mean it is it's, I, I, we don't i don't know anything about club america right like i mean they're they're i mean as far as the mexican league go they're always in the top 4 they finished 4th last year but they're they've been contenders for the league many years they're a strong team you know i haven't watched much on them just cuz i haven't watched much of the mexican league but you know i feel like if i've heard of a team yeah. they probably have a good history and they are good and Mexican rivals or Mexican teams, they're always tough. You know those games are going to be physical. They're going to be chippy. Um, Mexican teams, they, they play full speed ahead the whole time. Um, so you're, you're going to expect a fast-paced game. You're going to expect, again, a physical game, which I think we've shown that we can handle that aspect. We're a physical team Very as physical well, team. and we play just as fast. So it'll be real interesting to see come you know that Sunday, but – I wouldn't look at it necessarily as a disappointment. You know, with us being the expansion team, we kind of got the bad luck of the draw as far as where how we were chosen right. and where we were ranked going into the draw for the tournament. Um, so it was – I mean, it's a tough group that we're in. I, I'm Looking at it, I would almost say we're in, you know, the quote-unquote group of death. I mean, yeah. so if we get out of that group, to me, I think that's, that's a, a good sign, you know, no matter where we go from there. But I also do think that if we can get out of this group, I think we have a good shot at making a pretty good run in the tournament as well. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's going to be great to see. Like, uh, tournament soccer has always been appealing to me. I, I'm a huge. I've always been a huge World Cup fan, even when I didn't really follow, um, you know, a, a, a specific team, be it in you know stateside or in Europe or whatever it may be. But I've always been a, a huge fan of, of World Cup soccer. Uh, tournaments, as I mentioned before, I'm not always super intrigued by tournaments because they tend to last a very long time, and there's other competition that kind of intertwines with it but i like the idea of this one being look we're going to play 77 matches uh across all of these teams from these two different leagues and it's going to be one after another essentially and it's going to run for a month just like what you would get essentially with the world cup and then at the end of this we're going to we're going to crown a winner so there's a little bit of closure i guess perhaps at the end of this thing for me um and i like that i think it's going to be great i love the format idea i love the fact that you go from you know a sort of a smaller ish group stage um, with just three teams, which is a little bit different than what you would see in the World Cup, but then getting into the single elimination after that. The thing that I can't quite figure out is what happens, where are these games played at, I guess, once they get into single elimination play? So it'll 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 still be regionally. Okay. So each each team is or uh, each group is you're playing regionally. That's right. why Columbus so was drawn central, and stuff like that. Sure, I get that. Now if uh if two Mexican teams end up playing each other in a um, single elimination, the game will still be held in the U.S. Okay. So it's not like they'll go to a neutral site in Mexico and stuff like that. There's a neutral site in the U.S., though, that they're playing these games at? I think as the tournament goes on, it'll probably be yeah. similar where they have they have the stadiums picked out as it goes along. Because I think I saw something to where um, as the tournament goes on, unless we play another Liga MX team, City won't host another League Cup game. I may be wrong on that, but I believe I saw that. So, um, yeah. But another reason I'd also like to see us, you know, try and take this, you know, cup seriously and maybe make a run is it just keeps us in game form. You know, if you get knocked out early, that could be three whole weeks of no games, and then you're not maybe keeping up in that game shape to where, yeah, you risk that, you know, fatigue factor. But if you, you know, make a decent run in it, 
I mean, imagine if Austin gets knocked out early and then we catch them on our first game back and they haven't played a single game in three weeks. I mean, you have that that sharpness, that step up on them. I mean, they talk they've kind of touched on that when with Leuven coming back, you know, it's getting him back into match fitness, but also match touch on the ball. You know, I mean, your teammates will push you in practice, but they're also not going to look to, you know, clean you out either. So you kind of know you're you have a little maybe more time on the ball or whatever it may be, whereas you know, games, they don't care. So just keeping that that match fit, but that match sharpness, I think would be another great reason to try and make a good run in this cup. You think uh, you think we win this game against Columbus on Sunday? Now, Columbus is a tough place to go as well. So it's going to be a tough place to go. Again, like I said, I'd like to see us put out a strong lineup out there. And I think if we do, I think we can catch them. All right. Well, that, that'll be good. I'm going to have to to look at my, my DraftKings account and see – what Sunday will bring because I plan on uh, at least watching that thing. And if I'm going to watch it at home, I'm, I'm probably going to be wagering on it as well. I would I would venture to guess. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wagering, I have a nice little bet going right now at plus 350 for the U.S. women's national team to win the World Cup, which would be, we think, what, the first three-peat in history? Yeah, speaking of tournaments, Women's wow. World Cup is starting. Women's World Cup. You just watched that French national team ad for the first time. Very Pretty powerful cool. stuff. Very if cool. you haven't seen, uh, it's it's as a, as a girl dad, I was telling Eric, who also has, has a daughter, but I, you know, I have a daughter that's a bit older than his, and she's pretty active in sports, as we've talked about before. Um, but this ad that they rolled out as a girl dad is, is super powerful and just, just super cool. Like, uh, essentially what it is, and I don't want to necessarily spoil it. So I think you need to go and just Google French women's national team, uh, ad or, or whatever it is and try and check this thing out. Um, because it really showcases the skill level at which these women compete at. And again, as having a daughter who plays sports, it's pretty cool when you get a chance, even though she doesn't play soccer, but to get a chance to see, you know, women role models like that. Granted, I've never been a, a fan or a supporter of French soccer, uh, <laughs> but you know what? Like, it's pretty awesome yeah. to see what they rolled out. And uh, I'm really excited to see what, what the U.S. women national team can do. Again, I've always been a fan of, of the World Cup, both on the men's and women's side. It's super exciting to follow the women because they're always in it and always mm-hmm. very competitive. Um, and you would probably expect nothing else or nothing less, I should say, from from this turnaround. Yeah, one thing I always really love about uh, World Cup time, whether it's men or women, is just the unity. I mean, it's it's interesting, like, if you go watch club soccer at a pub or something like that, you're trying to find your fans, and then you go and hang out with them. But, I mean, I remember the one year that we went to Ballpark Village, oh, yeah. and we went down there for the USA game, and it's just nothing but red, white, Nuts. and blue. Everybody's there on your team. Um, I mean, goals, the whole place is celebrating. It's not just one corner of the bar celebrating right. for their team. So I just love that that unity to where everybody's there for the same team. And, yeah, we're always competitive in it. So I, I think we're ranked no- number one going into this tournament. So it'd be wild to see a three-peat. They have the t- skills to do it. And, you know, they're, they got a good group. I mean, it's, it's tough with the Netherlands being in there. But uh, in group play, it's the U.S. And they're taking – they're with uh, the Netherlands, Vietnam, and Portugal. So, you know, some good skill in there. But, again, I don't think we'll have any trouble getting out of that group as long as we play our game and hopefully make a good run in this World Cup again. Yeah, I would love to see it. And, again, like you said, I mean, the the unity aspect of it, I do – 
think it's a little bit different on the men's side unfortunately like it seems like it probably is going to get a little bit bigger crowds you know i mean that 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 world cup that we went down to watch at ballpark village was right was a men's world cup game mm-hmm. um but uh but the women are incredible and i love watching it and you know i hope that that people tune into it in, in the masses because you know it's it's so much fun to watch your country be pretty dominant you know yeah, when, when competitive. you when you yeah. think about it i mean the chance that they have a chance to win another world cup like this is, is pretty remarkable so uh very cool you know and again like let's continue to to support that team and and support the country as uh as they uh take on vietnam friday night mm-hmm. yep i think it's a eight o'clock start uh but it'll be on fox yeah they're like a minus two thousand in that game so heavy heavy say, i don't bet but i know that's a pretty heavy good favorite. favorites my <laughs> goodness yeah um other than that, look, there's a couple other things I wanted to touch on here and, and really transitioning just into some some news around the league and I think kind of unfortunate news around the league and not necessarily the league itself, but in the media uh, right now, we're seeing a lot of these clickbaity type articles mm-hmm. that have made its way to the MLS. I mean, clickbait is out there everywhere, of course, um, but with the recent you know addition to Messi to this league, um, there's been all sorts of things go on and all things, sorts of things get said. Um, you've seen a recent article in the, the Riverfront Times talking about how uh, people needed to sit down. I didn't read the article. Yeah. Um, I mean, people- I didn't even click on the article because I thought it was a stupid headline. Honestly, when I saw it, I thought it was satire initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw enough people comment on it that it wasn't satire and that it actually uh, was what they were trying to get across is like to get people to sit down whenever they're at city park. And like, that's probably just not going to happen at least in certain sections. I know there's going to be sections out there where it's happening. You can ask Brittany who sits in 149 (laughs) row three, what sections those are. She's very passionate and very loud about which, which sections are sitting down. But, uh, but look, I mean, like we've been doing this now for, I mean, how many home games, nine or 10 or so, Mm. maybe, more i don't i'm counting the 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 cup matches and everything as well um i don't think we're gonna sit anytime soon it just it just doesn't have that feel where where we're at even when there's new people that come and we sit in the second row the first row kind of dictates this whole thing yeah most of them stand as well and most of them are new every single week it's not usually the same people sitting in front of us um, so to have kind of a clickbaity article like that, I thought was, was, I don't know. I just, I didn't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And it's like embrace the fact that this is one of the best places to watch a soccer game in the league at this point. And not just in the league, maybe in the whole world. We've heard people talk about this on, on Apple before the atmosphere here is as good as you're going to find anywhere right now. Yeah. I mean, it's what we're known for. Like we've touched on many times. It's something that I get super excited for every time rewatching these games and hearing the commentators comment on the fact that like, look at them, they're standing, they're still standing. They're in this, like this, one of the best atmospheres there is. And I mean, you, it, nobody says you can't sit, but I don't think you should ever tell people that they can't stand. Um, I've taken my mom who is four foot 11 on a good day. And I asked her, I was like, did you have trouble seeing? And she was like, no, I found my spots. You know, there's angled enough. We have kids who sit behind us and you know, we make sure you, they can see okay. Or they stand on their seats and they get just as into it. I mean, I want this stadium to be known as that place with the passionate fans that we've come to be known for. So to kind of have this article, you know, 
I, I feel like it was clickbaity, and from what I hear, it was one of their most read articles. And I've I haven't read it either, but I've had most people tell me not to read it just because they know it would be something that I, I wouldn't. Yeah, be, I have no desire. To read uh, but it, there's also you know the article on the whole messy thing where right. I've seen we've made it to like Europe, and the article just says stadium bans I'm, messy jerseys. I'm and looking it's like, at it. I'm looking at it right now. I, I I literally googled STL City messy jersey ban. Yeah. And when you when you do that, the first article that pops up from three days ago, we're sitting here Thursday, July 20th, recording this episode. Three days ago from USA Today, the headline says, Lionel Messi jersey ban by St. Louis City SC. And uh, and and that's 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 the headline. When you click into it, mm-hmm. uh, no Messi here. St. Louis City places ban on all Lionel Messi jerseys. That's false. Right. A hundred percent false. Uh, the next article from Mirror, St. Louis City explained why they implemented Lionel Messi ban. Fox 2, which is a local site, mm-hmm. a, a local news station. Messi jersey is not allowed in St. Louis City SC supporter section. Okay, that's the important thing. Right. But again, this is not just a St. Louis thing. This is, this is a league-wide thing. Wide. When everybody was getting all up in arms, I know it was more headlining and more newsworthy because it was messy but this is a league-wide thing if you go into an, an opposing team's support or another team's supporter section um they will ask you to wear their colors and nothing but their colors i've seen people who have gone just to experience other teams supporter sections and they didn't have it and they made them change or put on colors over top of their their stuff to fit in with their supporter section. Didn't you say didn't you say Mondo from City Refs wore their their ref stuff, his ref stuff? A ref Austin, jersey, right? It's a yellow ref jersey. No branding as far as teams or anything like that and they made him put a black shirt over. That was because, in Austin. Yes, yeah. correct. And so it's just a league-wide thing but it made this news because you know, it's messy. And we saw plenty of messy jerseys throughout the stadium that night, not in the supporter section, which is what, you know, St. Louis asked, but again, this is a league-wide kind of understanding that if you are in the supporter sections, they want you supporting, you know, their colors or their team. You know, that's where they want it to look like it is strictly supporting the city. And so, yeah, these clickbaity articles are just, I mean, it, we see it in anything nowadays where right. if you, unless you actually read the article, but the fact that you even click these articles and it still doesn't give, you know, the full detail as to what was going on there is just kind of ridiculous. Well, and like I said, like, th- look, there's hundreds. If you, if you, if you just type in STL city, messy Jersey band, there's hundreds of articles, most of which are from, you know, bogus blog sites yeah, or, or yeah. whatever. Um, but, Again, it's like USA Today. <laughs> that's the first one that pops up, and that's a pretty big publication. Well, I saw the Daily Mail. The like Daily Mail has it, but the Daily Mail does say St. Louis City SC warned fans against wearing messy jerseys in supporter section before obliterating Inter Miami 3-0. So that's the article that they have. Now, granted, the thumbnail view of that is St. Louis City SC warned fans against wearing messy jerseys. So... Yeah, clickbaity for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the one that really I think is the the most just um, bothersome, I suppose, is that USA Today one. When you click into it, no Messi here. St. Louis City SC places ban on all Lionel Messi jerseys, which is just false. It's yeah. that's a lie. I mean, look again, there were Messi jerseys 
all over the stadium. I mean, there were probably, I probably counted 15 or so that mm-hmm. I saw. I'm right. not sure what your count was directly. I figured the over-under on it was probably 30 or 40 total messy jerseys. But, I mean, they stand out like a sore thumb, yeah, the white mean, and blue striped right. Argentina jerseys. Yeah. There were a couple of kids, uh, one or two sitting behind us in 149. So you probably saw a few of these in full, like, inter-Miami messy kits right. with the shorts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um but to say that it's banned stadium wide is just it's just silly. So, uh, you know, again, I, I don't even know why I clicked into that. That's the whole purpose of what that <laughs> article was. But unfortunately, got us again. Know, I know. Uh, but hopefully it, it, it stops other people from clicking into it because it's just not a story. Yeah. Uh, the only reason why it is is because Miami happened to be playing in St. Louis. Right. In a game that Messi could have potentially played in or at one time people thought might have been playing. Yeah, it was uh, close. Might have been playing. Right. Literally going to play the exact game after uh, yep. this trip to St. Louis for him, um, and because of that, like people were talking about it locally, and then you know, city fans basically just showed the supporter section guidelines and rules, which is posted in the stadium, so yeah. it's not new. No, it's, it's not never a ban on messy jerseys. No. It's just a ban on other teams' colors. Um, so again, very silly, I thought, and. Uh, at the end of the day, it's over with now, but uh, but I can't wait for another team to have to deal with this very thing because it's probably going to continue to it's happen be a everywhere wide they go. circus for the rest of the season <laughs> and next season and, and next whatever season. other seasons oh, man. coming. Uh, and that that pretty much wraps up what I what I had today, Eric. I mean, look, I wanted to make sure we touched on a handful of topics. Uh, obviously, spend a good bulk talking about League's Cup as it gets ready uh, to be kicked off on Sunday, July twenty third as City will go to Columbus to take on uh, the crew. Uh, and that is a, uh, what, 7 p.m. start time? Yeah, I think it's 6.30, but you yeah. know how it works. It right. says 6.30, and you're still waiting around by 7.15 for a kickoff, so we'll see. Any uh, Anything else that you had for, uh, for everybody here tonight? No, I just want to thank everybody again for all the support, not only with the listens, but for uh, the hat orders and stuff like that. We were really appreciative for all the people that were interested in that. Super cool. Um uh, again, you know, we'll put this poll up because uh, I'm definitely going to make sure this has happened. But uh, go to our socials uh, at South End Supporters on Instagram. Our Twitter is capital SES underscore podcast STL. And then our Facebook page, we'll be putting a poll up. How many shots do you think, or David, do you think he can hit the crossbar from the 18 in five shots or under? And if no, how many shots do you think it will be? Remember, we're going to put a cap on 1,000. So... No more guesses than a thousand. How, ma- how many, honest, honestly, off the top of your head right now? Maybe help people out a little bit because look, not everybody knows me. Not everybody knows my athletic ability and, <laughs> and what I'm all about. Yeah. But you know me as well as almost anybody, Eric. How many shots do you think it would take for me to hit this crossbar? I'm gonna go. I'll get. I'll go between fifteen and twenty. Fifteen and twenty. Yeah. Oh my! I might hit it four times in. Four <laughs> Well, we'll come up with a put in the thing. If he hits it in less than five, what should my punishment be for going against him on that? So it's going to happen. We'll add that in there as well. So, yeah, look out for all those on our socials and uh, also follow up for any episode news as well as exciting news that we got coming for South End supporters. Yeah, for sure. Well, another episode there in the books. Want to say thank you to RPR Renovations for sponsoring the show. Thank you for listening. For Eric Cole, this is David Heck. You've been listening to South End Supporters. We'll see you next week. And until then, let's go city.